Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Wednesday, February 22nd, and I'm glad you're listening to the Light and Truth Radio Network and listening to these broadcasts. Well, today is a day known as Ash Wednesday. That's for the Catholic and uh, maybe some Protestants uh, promote that. It's a Catholic idea that is uh, really uh, void of any Bible basis, but it's just heading up towards Lent and headed up towards uh what we celebrate is Resurrection Day, just a lot of added things. But anyway, uh, this is Wednesday. Normally, we'd be having Wednesday night prayer meeting, but we're having our Bible conference here at the Island Ford Baptist Church. We began on Monday, and we're going all week through Friday night, 1030 for the morning service, 1030 a.m., and then 7 o'clock each night. And we're having some good messages, good godly men that are here to preach to us and teach us the Bible and so I hope you'll make plans to come and be with us tonight for 7 o'clock and maybe tomorrow for the 1030 morning. We'd love to have you come and do that. Well, I'm going to continue the message that we began on Monday, and we'll finish that, Lord willing, tomorrow. And it is time to look into the Scripture again. We are returning to First Peter chapter number 2, verses 11 and 12. We began a message a couple of days ago that we're continuing today and tomorrow on this thought. How to respond as a Christian in an unchristian culture. How to respond as a Christian. And I mentioned that we would be having about six points. I'm not going to go over those already that we've covered. We've covered the first four, matter of fact, on the last two days program. And today we're going to deal mainly again with number four and then continue to number five. Our fourth thing that I mentioned is that we still need some strong walls to separate us from others. And then number five, we need spiritual discernment. Surely that's a great need in the hour in which we live, the day in which we live. Amen. So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. First Peter chapter number 2 and verses 11 and 12. And I just got a thought tonight that I hope will be a help to you. Uh, some practical thoughts here. Uh, Dealing a lot of verses. I've got a lot of verses in the Bible, but I'm going to look at Peter quite a bit. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. The Bible says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak evil against you, I'm sorry, they speak against you as evildoers. They may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. I'm going to stop with just those two verses in our original reading. I want to try to preach on this thought. My title tonight, How to Respond as a Christian in this Anti-Christian Culture. Turn to Second Peter, chapter number two. I said I'm going to stay in here a lot. Second Peter, chapter two. Peter has counseled us to be gentle. <laughs> He's counseled us to have gentleness towards unbelievers, but he also warns us about them in chapter number two and verse number ten. 
Look at here's what he said. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. He's talking about people that are against everything that's godly. They're against everything that's moral, everything that has standards, everything that has any authority. They're against all authority. And boy, we got them in our society today, don't we? They're the, they're the loud mouths in our society, just to be honest with you. Amen. They really are. So he, he's warning us about these people. Now we, we're to be gentle, but there's some people we need to keep our distance from. Amen. Turn to Rome, I mean to Revelation chapter number two. Our Lord had John write seven letters to seven churches. In chapters two and three, and I'm just going to deal with some here in chapter two. Our Lord spoke about some people that He hated, believe it or not. He hates this group of people. And He, he applauded those that hated them as well. In other words, He said, you need some walls built. The church does not need to be all-inclusive. Just everybody, love everybody. Amen. Well, I could, I could run a lot of rabbits in that. And I know we've got to be careful. And what I'm preaching on is, and I'll get to a point here, my next point deals with this situation. It's, it can be sticky. I remember when I was a boy, Dad, they'd put out revival posters and even put it out on a sign. It mentioned revival meeting. And it'd say, everybody welcome. We quit doing that. Because to be honest with you, everybody's not welcome. If they come to cause trouble, they're not welcome. If they come to... Raise a stink. Now, if they come to sit and listen, praise God. But if they're going to get vocal and they're going to get vulgar, we need to move them out. Amen. There needs to be some some convictions about some some places. Some some I'll say some lines that are drawn. Amen. Jesus said in chapter number two and verse number six, he's talking to the church at Ephesus. In chapter two and verse number six, he says, "But this thou hast." That thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Amen. Now, I notice he said the deeds. He didn't say the people. We've got to be careful about that. That we separate what people do from what they or from who they are. It's amazing. Drunkards, it's what they do. Sodomites. It's what they do. And all of a sudden they accept that that's who they are. No, it's not who you are. It's what you do. And God hates the sin that they're involved in. It's not that He hates the soul. Christ died for sinners. Amen. Some of the very things that we hate and should hate, by the way. I, don't, don't you hate a liar? Amen. And I mean, we can talk about that. We just had an election day. Praise God. Hate a liar. But you gotta vote for one of them. <laughs> Lesser there are two evils. One that can lie the best. You gotta pick him, I guess. But, no, I'm kidding. But, but seriously, we, you hate a liar, but the truth is, thank God, God still reaches out and saves liars and makes good Christians out of them. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus applauded the church at Ephesus for hating the false teaching that these false teachers were bringing in. Amen. Those Nicolaitans, you know, those, I think those were religious hierarchical people. I think 
personally, I think it's very evident that what they got that difference between the, the clergy and the laity. It's that Catholic mentality, and he hates that. He hates that. Amen. Then he goes on to look at verse 14 and 15. He talks about the church at Pergamos here, and he condemns them. He bragged on Ephesus for hating the same things he hates, but he condemns church at Pergamos for this. Verse number 14, But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Amen. See, he named he named somebody different, Balaam, and what he did, that's a false prophet, by the way. That's a false prophet. And he taught people how to sin, and by sinning, he was bringing the judgment of God upon them, and he was making money. That whole thing, it, it became a, it was religious racketeering. That's what Balaam was involved in. And, and again, without just throwing rocks, just being honest, that's what Catholicism is. It's religious racketeering. Selling indulgences. Amen. Telling people that the priest can forgive for sins. You just, you just pay enough. He prays enough. You light enough candles. Everything's going to be all right. That, that is a lie from the devil himself. Religious racketeering. But it's not just in the Catholic church. Amen. You, I hadn't seen TBN in years. I don't know if they still have TBN. But years ago they did. And them guys get on there and supposedly heal everybody. While, listen. They're, they're out there healing people from all these things. I mean, they can make the blind to see, except for they still got to wear their glasses. I never did figure that out. I remember, I forgot now who it was. It was a man and his wife had made a trip to, to Haiti and they was going to have a healing conference. Had to, they had to postpone it because they both got pink eye. <laughs> That's true. Religious hucksters. Taking people's money. But there's more than that. Then he says you got the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing, not the person, but the thing, that doctrine. He hates not just the, the evil deeds, but he hates the doctrine, what they're teaching others to do. That's what he hates. Amen. And we could chase a lot of rabbits there. I don't have time to. Then he goes on in chapter 2 to chastise the church at Thyatira for allowing false teaching to come in their congregation. Look at verse 20. <coughs> Revelation 2.20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which callest herself a prophet, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Here is a woman preaching. And he said, I hate it. I hate that you've let her in there. I hate that you're letting her spread her false doctrine. I hate that you're letting her spread her false teaching. We gotta build some laws. Who says who can be a preacher? This book says who can be a preacher. It's not up to me. It's not up to our church to make the decision. It's written right here in the pages of this book. Amen. We could go on. We could talk about a lot of different things when we come down to it. A lot of people have a lot of different ideas. And there are some things that we can go along with. And I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. There's some things, but there's places you've got to draw the line and say, listen, we ain't crossing that line. Here's my fifth point. That's that's the point that I'm, I'm headed to anyway. Uh, we need some spiritual discernment. 
in making these judgments. Some spiritual discernment. Matthew chapter number 7, I'm going to turn back here and read, you can or not. Uh, you may remember I dealt with this in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7, words of our Lord, right after he said, judge not that you be not judged, he, he starts telling you about some judgments you need to make. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 6, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls, cast ye your pearls before the swine, because, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again to rend you. Now, when I, when I preached through that on Sunday mornings, went through the Sermon on the Mount, I used the illustration, those dogs and hogs, say it like we used to sit back in North Carolina, dogs and hogs, those, those dogs and, and hogs, they don't, they don't relish things that are holy. Things that are precious to you are not precious to them. Like little babies, by the way. Not precious to them. They're, they're, they're a hindrance to them. They're a headache to them. They're a, they're a holdback to them and they want to be able to get rid of them. And there's, but, but he's dealing with not just babies. That's just one little, one little sideline. I've got stuck on that thing about abortion because they're pushing it so strong right now. But they don't, they don't, what's, what does it matter what the Bible says to them? I'll tell you, it matters to us. Amen. Well, I don't care what that Bible says. Well, then you're not right with God. It matters to us. We see it as precious. We see it as holy. They don't know what's holy. They don't know what's precious. Amen. So you got to be careful who you're dealing with. So here, here's where I'm going with that. We, we need some spiritual discernment to be able to make the judgment. Sometimes we have to draw lines. Amen. We have to discern whether we're gaining ground or just spinning our wheels and not getting anywhere. When you're talking to somebody about the Lord, and I, again, I'm not saying it's all on you. You've got to convince them. I understand it's the Holy Ghost, but I also understand this. If, if God's not dealing, you're wasting your time trying to convince them. Wasting your time. Amen. We gotta decide, are we actually advancing in the cause of Christ or are we being hindered along the way? Again, some of their questions are not even fit to be answered. Even John the Baptist saw that. Turn, turn back to Matthew chapter 3. Let me, let me show you that. Matthew chapter 3 verses 5, 6, and 7. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan. Big crowd of them went out there. And were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Here, he said to them, Listen, they're, they're coming out in droves. People are coming. And, and it looks like John's taking them in. Those that really want something from God, John's taking them in. But when he sees these religious hypocrites, Pharisees and Sadducees coming, they wasn't coming to repent. Matter of fact, he said, you need to bring forth fruits meet for repentance. You need to get repentance in your heart. They wasn't coming to repent. They're just coming to join up. A lot of times that's what happens. 
in our churches sometimes. People come in <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes they're there. They say, well, we're here to help the church instead of they're here to get help. And sometimes they're not a help to the church. Sometimes they're a hindrance to the church. Amen. So we've got to be careful. Now, I'm dealing with this. John saw these religious hypocrites only there to cause trouble. Only there to cause trouble. There are some differences we can live with. My dad used to say it this way, and I think he's right. There are some issues that don't have to be an issue. Amen. He would say it this way too. There are some issues in the Baptist church that ought never be an issue. Amen. Well, to have some things nailed down to the point, we ain't taking no questions on that. Amen. And and I could mention several things. I could go on. Some things that don't have to be issues. But there are some places where there is no middle ground. Amen. When when somebody... I'll give you an illustration. When the Mormons come to your door, or the Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door, you can run them off, or you can try to win them. But I'm going to tell you what, you can't win them with their Bible. Because their word returns void many times. <laughs> you need God's word. So you can talk to them. And you, you can talk to them about God. You can talk to them about Christ. Most of them, you know, well, well, we're Christians already. We're believing the same God. We're believing the same Christ. We're going to the same place. We're just going different ways. That's their idea. That's what they're saying. But then when you start talking to them and you say, well, can I show you something from the Bible? And they'll pull out theirs. I'll tell you what you got to do. You got to draw the line. Say, listen, we're not, I'm not crossing that bridge. I am not using that. I'm using what I know to be the Word of God. Amen. Because it is the Word of God that helped me, and that's what will help them down the road. Amen. And so I could just mention several things about that. <coughs> but we have to take a side, is what I'm saying. There's no middle ground. We have to take a side. Our Lord did this when He asked Him questions about divorce. I mean, there's several camps. Some said just for any reason. Moses gave a bill of divorce for any reason. Jesus took a side and said, this is where it's been from the beginning. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.